Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I'm going to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. In this episode number 256, I get the privilege of chatting with Kristen Jensen. She's the author of the popular book, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. I always say, along with many other experts, that when a child has any exposure to the internet, any access to the internet, is when you need to start warning them about the problems on the internet. Just like when they get to that toddler stage and they can run out to the street, that's when you start saying, don't go out to the street. There are cars that can hit you, right? And it's dangerous. So it's the same thing about the super highway of the internet. You need to like warn them about the dangers, but in age appropriate, simple ways. All right, here's your earbud alert in case you didn't see the title of this show or maybe your podcast player just played the next episode. This is definitely one that you're gonna wanna listen to on your own and then talk with your kids later and maybe years from now if you're holding a little baby. But Kristen Jensen and her crew are over at protectyoungminds.org. And this content just falls in line with what I believe is important as parents, that I want to help you establish connected relationships with your kids so that you can communicate your value system so they can trust you as a safe place to go when sin enters their life and hard things enter their lives and that you can alongside each other, create the boundaries that you need to protect them and prepare them for life, that we can't bubble wrap our kids, that life is gonna intersect and there are things outside of our control. That being said, if pornography has entered your world, maybe yours personally, your spouse or your kids, I hope you know there are a lot of resources out there no shame and you are included in this community no mom alone so know that you're not the only one Um, we've done a couple different episodes on the topic i'll put all of those in the show notes but i hope that you are getting the community that you need that you are not isolated in that challenge and that you know that you have not failed if that is part of your story Okay, before we get to the episode, though, I'm so thankful for those sponsors that help make this show possible. The first one I want to tell you about is PrepDish. If you are looking for a way to simplify your meal planning, or maybe you just don't have a plan, you look in the fridge every night, you're like, oh, what are we going to eat? We're just having the same thing over and over again. Let me introduce you to PrepDish. It's a meal planning subscription service, and it's great, especially for families who follow keto, paleo, or gluten-free diets. Now, my family doesn't follow any of those diets, but I usually choose the paleo option, and my boys are really happy. It has meat, veggies, fruit, low carb, and... uh, I find that it's giving them a lot of variety and I can control to have a less processed, more whole food dinner. And it also guarantees that when we all are home, which is getting fewer and fewer now that my boys are getting older, that we're getting dinner together without the stress. So Prep Dish every Friday sends me a PDF with a the meals, the grocery list, how to prep it all, how to cook it. And it takes the thinking out of meal planning. If you want to check it out, go to prepdish.com forward slash DMA and you can get your first month for only $4. Go to prepdish.com forward slash DMA. And as a DMA listener, you're going to get your first month for only $4. All right, let's get to my conversation with Kristen. Here we go. Hey, Kristen, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. 
It's great to be with you, Heather. Well, I am thrilled that we're finally connecting. Uh, the gals listening know that I've had Mary Flo Ridley and Megan Michelson on the show. Uh, they're from Birds and Bees, and we've talked about talking to our kids about sex at a young age, realizing that it's never too soon, that there are no schools for only oldest children, that we're the, <laughs> our family's the age of our oldest kid, and we can't just think we can keep them in a bubble forever. So they are always recommending good pictures, bad pictures, and I'm thrilled to connect with you. So thank you for your work. Thank you for putting this resource out there and all that you do at Protect Young Minds. Um, it's so, so needed and helpful. Oh, it, you're very welcome. I feel so passionate that this is uh, such a, a cause that I want to help parents out there. I want to do whatever I can to provide some resources uh, to make your jobs easier, bless you, because um, you've got quite a challenge, but you're up to it. <laughs> well, you know it. You can do it. <laughs> you know it. Tell us a little bit about your family before we jump in. I know some of your story is not easy, but I'd love for you to share a little bit uh, with the gals that okay. are listening. Yeah. Sure. Well, I had uh, I have three children, uh, two girls and a boy. Um, my middle child is uh, a boy and he had an accident when he was very young and ended up with a lot of brain damage but he was and is an angel and he uh, we took care of him for nine and a half years he was in a wheelchair very much compromised but we loved him he had such a light and then he went back to heaven he's waiting for us there so we're, we're grateful for all the experiences that have taught our family perseverance. You can be happy even in difficult circumstances and you can do hard things and you can face challenges and come out the winner. So I learned all of that from my son who I felt like had so much courage uh, to deal with uh, his limitations. And uh, my two daughters now. Um, one is married and expecting her second child. My other daughter is a scientist, uh, so works for a national laboratory. So they're all doing great, and I'm truly grateful for the opportunity. I never planned to get involved in this arena. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Wasn't, it's like, wasn't oh, in my why did I get school? this assignment, God? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I have asked that. But, yes. you know, I think, um, you know, the thing about God is that he can use people's strengths and weaknesses yeah. to his glory. And um, so sometimes when we're down on ourselves, because, oh, man, I... Like sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I just shut up. Like I just, <laughs> I'm so outspoken. And mm -hmm. and God has said to me, you know what, Kristen, I need you to be outspoken. So yeah, it gets you into trouble sometimes. But fortunately, it can also serve His purposes. So I'm I'm really glad about that. That there are some things that are really, uh, you know, good. So anyway, this whole thing started when a friend a new friend called me up and said, Hey, you know, I just need to talk about something that's going on in my family. And she told me about her 17 year old son who they had uh, found was sexually molesting his younger siblings and uh, come to find out pornography was involved. And I woke up the next morning, just uh, feeling this compelling thought that 
that I needed to do something to help warn the young children about pornography. And I never wanted to get involved in this space ever. Like it was yucky. Like, you know, I don't want to think about it. But God gave me the heart to really like delve in and and, um, learn about, you know, the truth about pornography and how it's so damaging and uh, to families and to people and to kids. And so that was the beginning of writing Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Porn Proofing Today's Young Kids. Uh, That helps kids learn about what pornography is, how it's dangerous, it can become an addiction, and change your brain. And then, you know, what to do when you see pornography. So a plan. So three things, a definition, a warning, and a plan. And those are the three things that we really expound upon and It's a read-aloud book, so parents can read it to their children. They learn something as well, and it sparks lots of conversations. And then we I was asked by lots of parents to do a junior version. So we have a version, um, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Junior, A Simple Plan to Protect Young Minds. And that is like a picture book, but it's only good pictures. (laughs) And um, it really just walks through in a very, very simple way. But again, helps spark conversations. And I would say you would use that for as young as two or three. My, you know, year and a half year old grandson has also already been read this book. (laughs) Um, I've had people come up that have read it to their two and a half year olds. So I would say two and a half, three to like six or seven is a good range for junior. And then seven to 11 or 12 is a good range for the older book, for the original book. And uh, although I've had therapists say that they use good pictures, bad pictures, porn proofing today's young kids for adult clients because it lays out the process of addiction and how it affects your feeling brain and your thinking brain. So. Yes. And you, I mean, okay, y'all, I reached out to you to get questions for Kristen. One question y'all had for her was how young. And so she just mentioned that one of her books, her grandchild's read at one and a half. And so you might be freaking out already, but we're going to talk about that in a second. Two, um, I also have found it very useful. We're going to talk about that in a minute about the thinking brain, and the feeling brain. I think that is, this goes beyond the pornography conversation to just a great tool to talk to your kids about how God made us. And I feel like it's a great teaching tool for all behavior management you deal with in your home. So we'll talk about that. But you all also asked, what if we're dealing with non-believing friends or family members or people in our lives who don't feel like porn is bad? Because maybe you're thinking, why would I even need these books? Why would I need to talk to my kids about porn? What's the big deal? So they see it. I don't see a problem with it or my friend doesn't. So Kristen, you've taken an approach in some of your work and I've, I know others who've done this to go beyond the moral aspects as Christians, we can't hold others to Christian morals if they're not following Christ to the health crisis of pornography. If anyone listening or they know someone who's not convinced that it's a problem, can you just talk through how porn hurts kids so we can kind of cross over that motivational issue? Yes. So porn hurts kids in a lot of ways. And it's true. Protecting minds and good pictures, bad pictures are what I call faith neutral. And I believe that parents can teach their religious beliefs 
to their children just fine. They have lots of resources already. What they have difficulty with is talking to them about pornography. So that's the piece that we fill in. There is a growing body of research that talks about how it hurts mental health. It creates more anxiety, more depression. Children who look at pornography, especially girls, are more vulnerable to sexual abuse. Uh, Children who look at porn are more vulnerable to acting out sexual acts on other children uh, because kids are designed to imitate what they see adults do if they're have you know access to pornography they see it and then they they're just naturally inclined to imitate what they see so we're seeing a huge upward trend of child on child harmful sexual behavior um so even that just that you're not even looking at any kind of religious like so many times when we find that something is a, a public health hazard like for example DDT back in the 60s they could see that it was harming the young because the eggshells the young birds the eggshells were so thin that it was harming the young and and we see this in a lot of other ways you know smoking and drugs and all that harms the young harms the fetus whatever so alcohol harms the you know there's problems with uh, if a mother drinks so all these things that are public health threats harm the young and that's often when we start to really see the harm so getting back to how pornography harms children we see this uptick in child on child harmful sexual behavior we see children objectifying themselves by taking pictures of themselves their their privates and sexting that's all inspired by pornography we see Young men who watch pornography have a much greater inclination to engage in uh, sexual aggression or rape. That's absolutely documented in research studies. And this has nothing to do with what religious beliefs these people had. So it is a public health crisis. It is becoming more and more. There's now like 15 states that have passed resolutions saying pornography is a public health crisis. And that has nothing to do with Christianity. It has everything to do with how it's harming us psychologically, harming our children uh, psychologically, emotionally, and in all other ways. Okay, and moms, take a deep breath. So that was just (laughs) how you're (laughs) equipped if you come against resistance to you talking to your kids about pornography. Um, the key here is we can't believe the lie. Oh, not my child. (laughs) My child would never do that. They know better. If your child interacts with a device, then the reality is there's a chance they can be exposed at a young age. And so the direction you've taken, Kristen, is to have a positive conversation before a problem begins. And to give them a plan, like you said. So talk us through how Good Pictures, Bad Pictures is a um, non-scary way (laughs) to talk to your kids about pornography. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. So first of all, if you go on Amazon and you read the reviews, that's the one thing you're going to see over and over again. It was so comfortable. 
it was easy. It made this conversation easy. And that's what, that was our goal. It's a read aloud book. And as the, the first book models a proactive mother and a proactive father engaging with their child early and proactively. And that's what I, I really feel like, because you've got two plans, right? You've got two options. You can have the cross your fingers plan <laughs> and, yeah. you know, just hope. Mm-hmm. that your kid is not going to be exposed to porn on a school bus, you know, on a playground, at a sitting camp, at the restaurant whatever. right next to you on yes. your phone. You hand it to them so you can have a conversation. Yes. Yeah. So you're going to cross your fingers and hope that they won't be exposed until the day after you decide to talk to them. And I think that puts all the control in chance. And the ch- chances are your kids are going to see this And when they're prepared, they're much more resilient. When they're not prepared, it's just hit or miss. So, for example, uh, I have a story of a child, uh, 11-year-old girl who was on a school bus. They're going to field trip. A young boy comes to her, and she's sitting next to her girlfriend, and says, hey, look at this. And it was pornography. Now, this young girl, had her mother had read her good pictures, bad pictures, and she knew exactly what it was. She knew that it was harmful. And she knew what to do, turn away and go tell her mom. But her, her 11-year-old girlfriend did not know that. And so what did she do? She kept looking. And so this is the difference between a child that's warned and a child that's not warned. And, you know, you brought up this idea of like when. And I always say, along with many other experts, that when a child has any exposure to the internet. Any access to the internet is when you need to start warning them about the problems on the internet. Just like when they get to that toddler stage and they can run out to the street, that's when you start saying, don't go out into the street. There are cars that can hit you, right? And it's dangerous. So it's the same thing about the super highway of the internet. You need to like warn them about the dangers, but in age appropriate, simple ways. Yeah, that's where I think some people think in their head, what are you talking? Are you talking to them about and labeling all the private parts and talking about, you know, what they're or how do you approach it without it being really scary? And I think you do it well, like you the way you approach it is so simple and easy. Yeah, it's yes, it's just, you know, here's a simple definition. And this is why it's can be harmful. And this is what you do when you see it. Boom, boom, boom. You don't have to give them the whole. See, in our minds, we have this whole like scary, like icky, oh, this is what pornography is. We don't need to inject that into their minds. We just need to give them a simple definition so that they can recognize it and then come and tell you. That's really all you need to start with. And you're not giving them the whole ugly story. You're just arming them with a simple definition, a reason why it's harmful, and then hey, come and tell me, here's the plan of what we're going to do. And you are arming them. Oh, this is just so like kids. Otherwise, they're going to face this alone. If you're not there talking to them early, they're going to face it alone. And kids don't do well when they have to face it alone. I heard of one mom who's nine-year-old. She read good pictures, bad pictures to her nine-year-old. Three days later, he went to school. Uh, third grade and was exposed by another classmate to pornography on a mobile device. 
And that little boy knew exactly what it was. He knew exactly what to do. And he knew he could come and talk to his mom. And so he did. And he said, Mom, I was scared, but I knew what to do. I was scared, but I knew what to do. So you are just unburdening your child from the whole responsibility of knowing how to deal with this when you talk to them early. And uh, when you talk to them early, um, Heather, they are, they're just, it's just matter of fact to them. Like, oh, this is just another, you know, warning that my mom is giving me. She, you know, I'm not supposed to drink the, um, the ammonia. I'm not supposed to t- eat the detergent things. The rat you know? poison, that's I'm, not for me. Not yeah. Supposed, yeah. yeah. I'm, you know, those are poison. And oh, and I'm not supposed to look at these bad pictures either. So I get that this content is not easy and we just want to hide away from it. But I'm I'm thankful that I get to connect you with things that are going to help your family. And I get to do that because of sponsors like FabFitFun. Maybe you've seen on social media, their new fall 2019 box is out. I just got mine a couple weeks ago. And I love how it's full-size products, not just lotions, but in my box was a charcuterie board and an anthropology travel yoga mat. And you get to pick and choose what fits best for you. I saw that one of the choices was an $80 flat iron. And that's worth more, just that one item, than the entire box costs you. Especially if you use the coupon code DMA10 to save $10 off your first box over at FabFitFun.com. So go check it out. Use that code DMA10 over at FabFitFun.com and get to pick and choose what you want for your first box. All right, let's get back to my chat with Kristen. Here we go. And I like that you go into, you know, pictures that show areas that our swimsuit normally covers. And then the the child says, well, I saw a science book and it showed those parts. Is that pornography? And so even just, I feel like the conversations that you lead through by modeling them in the story um, are realistic. What a kid might actually say and doesn't stop with, okay, so when you see a bad picture, don't look, tell me. I mean, you go into the why for the curious kid, because I got that question, what about the sensitive kid or the curious kid? And I think a curious kid (laughs) seeks out and gets more curious if you don't satisfy the curiosity. And this book goes into the science and shows an actual brain. And uh, like I said earlier, I was able to use some of these conversations with an adult friend who was struggling with making a wise choice. And I thought, is is that your feeling brain talking or your thinking brain talking? And so talk through that piece of the book. You know, we talked about the definition and then the next section. Yeah. So when I started researching this, I started seeing that pornography affects your feeling brain. That's that primitive part of your brain that, you know, has the sexual parts to it. And any addiction actually hijacks that primitive part of your brain, which is very automatic and very committed to your survival. But when it becomes dependent on or thinks that, you know, oh, I have to, you know, use alcohol to survive, or I have to watch porn to deal with my stress, when it becomes an addiction, it's that feeling brain that's taking over. And your thinking brain is no longer in control. So what we want to teach children is the difference between this primitive automatic feeling brain 
and their prefrontal cortex, which is their thinking brain, which is maturing, but not quite mature until they're in their early 20s, right? Mm -hmm. But because you differentiate and they can kind of conceptualize, oh, okay, my my feeling brain wants to smack my little brother because he took my toy, but my thinking brain remembers the consequences. One, I'm going to get into trouble. Yeah. And two, this doesn't make my little brother feel very good. And uh, I want to be a good brother or a good sister, right? So there's, you use the two, the thinking brain is what puts the brakes on the feeling brain. And it's the one that, you know, your prefrontal cortex is right behind your forehead. And it's the part of your brain where you learn ethics. You learn right from wrong, good from bad. And you need to bring all of your decisions through your thinking brain so you make good decisions. When you have an addiction, what happens is that thinking brain is not being consulted. It's, it's bypassed. But you were talking about how parents use this for all kinds of behavior management. Yeah. And yeah. it's so true. I've had so many parents say, I use this all the time. I say, you know, are you using your feeling brain? or using your thinking brain. And really it helps to un take out the shame mm -hmm. because what you're doing is saying, you know what, let's practice using your thinking brain. And I've had parents of children who are on the autism spectrum say, this has been a godsend because this helps my child stop and realize, okay, that my feeling brain is reacting, but I need to bring my thinking brain online and I need to use my thinking brain to decide what to do and how to react in this situation. Mm -hmm. So good. And the, even go into the attraction center. To, why did God wire us this way to be drawn to the uh, another person's body that's not fully clothed and um, how that draws a couple together to have a family and the world would be pretty short and ended if, if we didn't have people yes. having kids. Yeah. And I mean, it goes into all of that too, but it ends, the end of the book is this plan, which I feel like it's empowering your kids. So they're not just um, victims of the evil. They're they're taking a front line and, and they are equipped for right. not if, but when. Right. So kids need a plan. They need an internal filter mm -hmm. uh, in their mind and in their heart. And the chapter for the older kids on the attraction center that chapter is a great place that you can actually use to, to talk to your kids about sex if you yeah. haven't. Yeah. But if you haven't gotten to that place, which I would highly recommend as your other guests. <laughs> Go have listen to my other episodes with Mary Flo Ridley and Megan. Yeah. Start early and because the, you know, the world isn't holding back. Media isn't holding back. So you need to get in there early and talk to your kids about sex because, and I'll just add this, I've done some my own research and found that a lot of people who got involved in porn started as young children because their parents wouldn't talk to them about sex and they had to find out. Either they felt pressure at school, they wanted to be in the know, and they wanted to figure this out because they get these sexual cues coming at them all the time. And so pornography is, you know, they kind of hired pornography to teach them about sex. Mm. And it's very easy. It's available. 
it's not embarrassing. You don't have to talk to your mom about it. You know, that kind of thing if you're a little older. And so, yeah, they go to porn for sex ed. And unfortunately, even the porn industry is starting to sell themselves, market themselves to children as a form of sex ed, which is horrible because the sex portrayed in pornography is often violent, extremely deviant. So, but let's get to the can-do plan. Okay. Okay. And really, truly, if you guys aren't convinced to talk to your kids at a young age, and we're not, again, I don't know if we've said this, but I've said it in other episodes. When kids are young, they are not thinking of twisted forms or attraction in the same way a teen or an adult would when it comes to sex. They are talking basic facts. How did the baby get in there? How is the baby going to get out? Like, very, very factual, and there's not a lot of emotion tied to it. And so I think we add our own shame or our own emotion. And so please go listen to those episodes with Mary Flo and Megan, and you will find yourself very well equipped to have very easy conversations. I've been having conversations with my boys since they were young when they were not embarrassed, but more just scientifically curious. And you can talk about it with an apple. You can talk about it with a chicken and egg. Um, if they were on a farm, it'd be very quickly uh, observable how we procreate, how animals do at least. And then your plan, the can-do yes. plan. Yes. Talk us through that. Okay. So first of all, in the junior book, we have a very simplified plan called Turn, Run, and Tell. And we have kids practice it. And anyway, that's very simple. But can-do is a little bit more involved. So uh, the first three steps of can-do, C-A-N, is C, close your eyes. A, always tell a trusted adult so you don't keep it a secret. And N, name it when you see it. So when you name something and when you label something, you bring the thinking brain online, mm, right? Because right. when you see something, uh, when you see maybe something sexual or nudity, you maybe if you feel shock, you, you may feel arousal. And kids don't even know why what that is, but they they can feel it, okay? We, we often think that only like kids that have gone through puberty have any kind of sexual feelings. Actually, that's not true. So um, when they name it, those three things, close your eyes, always tell a trusted adult and name it, that's pornography. Say, that's pornography. And the close your eyes instead of trying to close the window is that it can lead to another one, another one, another one, another one. So just having them close the computer yeah, turn it over, close. turn the device yeah, over, the close device their over. eyes. Yeah. So they're not mm -hmm. seeing it anymore, yeah. right? So yeah. they're not seeing it anymore. And then go and tell you and make sure that, you know, tell me as soon as you can, but especially within the, on that same day, right? And if they have a hard time talking about it, leave me a note. Find ways that your child can communicate with you so that he can or she can, you know, talk to you about this. And name it when I see it. So those are the first three things the child does when they are exposed to pornography. And then the next two do is D means distract yourself, direct your thoughts uh, or redirect your thoughts. And then um, O is um, uh, now, order, now your, order your thinking order, brain. Order. <laughs> I got it in front of me. I'm cheating. I need my thinking brain a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah. better this but um, so the D for distract yourself. Now, this is so important. And I feel like sometimes parents kind of 
gloss over this, but it's so important because when you have seen pornography, those images are shocking and the brain remembers them. Right. And right. brings them to the fore mm. of your mind. Because it's new and it's different and it, it's... Yeah. It keeps popping up. Our brains are mind. made to like draw attention to what's new and different. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So they keep popping up. And so your child needs to learn a cognitive skill. And that is redirecting their thoughts to something else that is like exciting for them. And it's mm -hmm. not going to be the same for every child, right? Yeah. So if your child loves horses or if your child loves cars or if your child, uh, you know, whatever your child loves to do and they can d redirect their thoughts to that thing. What you're doing is creating a new neural pathway towards something that has a pull for your child. It needs to have a pull because pornography has a pull. And then that neural pathway that goes to that memory of porn starts to weaken and kind of grow over with weeds, you know, <laughs> and create this other neural pathway away from it. And I have done this very successfully. They use this technique for people in recovery. Right. And it's really powerful, but takes practice. So it's not going to work after just one time. The kid has to learn to keep, to be patient, to keep doing it over and over again. And those thoughts will stop popping up so frequently and eventually recede in their mind. Now, it's difficult to get rid of things, but um, eventually they will just be buried in their brain and not be coming to the fore. So that's that. And then ordering your thinking brain to be the boss is, again, that process of always keeping your thinking brain, like making the decisions about what you're seeing and what you're viewing. But also what we say is to have the child repeat in their mind, no, feeling brain, I know you're curious to see those bad pictures, but I'm going to use my thinking brain to keep myself free from addiction. So just acknowledging mm -hmm. the curiosity yeah. really t drains some of the energy out of it mm. and acknowledging it, but then saying, no, I'm choosing to keep my thinking brain in charge. So all of those five plant, those five steps are so critical to helping a child turn away from it in the moment and report it and then deal with the recurring memories that pop up in their mind. So good. And biblical <laughs> to renew well, your mind, yes. right? And you can, yes. And you can add in all kinds of, you know, we've given you the framework and you can add in all kinds of scriptures and stories mm -hmm. from the Bible, all those things to, to augment it, you know, to yeah. augment and strengthen yeah. it. And, for your family. And there's a simple plan in the junior's version that doesn't go as in-depth as the can-do, but just a simple turn, run, and tell, which are right. like, you know, kind of like drop. What was it? Stop, you know, drop, five, and roll. Stop, drop, and roll. I don't even remember it. Yeah. That's good. If I'm in a fire, I'm in trouble. But yeah. stop, drop, and roll. You're turn, run, and tell. So I know that uh, some listeners reached out and said, well, what filters would you recommend? Disney Circle? Or are there other options out there? And I've, I've already kind of read your questions here, so I know your answer, but I'd love for you to talk about your thoughts on filters and, you know, even this approach and why it's important not to rely yeah. 100% on filters. 
Yes. So filters that filter the internet, there's, there's different ways that they uh, do it. There's actually some exciting technology that are, that's coming out that will be actually able to block out images on the screen. Wow. And it's all based on um, artificial intelligence. So they've trained like a computer to recognize pornography and then it can very quickly blur out an image or even just hide an image. So uh, that is coming. And there's a couple of companies that are doing that. One of them is uh, Covenant Eyes, which is a more Christian-focused company. But there's lots of other companies that figured out that this is the way to do it. The old filtering companies can only filter a small part of the internet. And sometimes it relies on whitelisting and, and, or blacklisting. And it's just this constant, uh, we got to keep up with, you know, listing the bad guys and filtering out. It, that's, it's a tough way. And also, because children are accessing uh, inappropriate material through apps, those can't be filtered at this point. So, again, that's um, difficult. But let me give you my argument for doing all that you can with parental controls, with uh, filters, you know, all these things. Basically, you've got to do your due diligence. You've got to do everything you can. And I think when your children see that you're doing everything you can to protect them, then you get more credibility. And it's kind of like, look, I'm talking to you because this is important, but I'm also doing something about it. This is why we have filters or this is why we've um, got accountability software. This is why we're doing this. It's really to protect not only you, but to protect our whole family because we love you. So it really like adds credibility, a really big oomph. Like it's not just talk. My parents actually are doing something about this and doing what they can. So having said that, I feel like, again, there's two parts. You've got to have those external filters on the devices, right? But you have to have build within your child an internal filter, which is the can-do plan and their knowledge about how their brain uh, reacts to pornography and why it's so harmful to them. So building that internal filter. So both strategies are, are very important uh, for parents to, to adopt. You can do this. You, you really can do this. Well, and I think if you have the book and, and listen to some other different episodes that we've done on this, that it's about your tone, your confidence, and them seeing you not as um, I'm going to get in trouble if I tell my mom this and we if we approach it with this fear-based or shame-based kind of a presentation, but more of a walking alongside and like you said, I love you, I care about you, and I'm your best resource on this. I'm the most knowledgeable. I know what things are called. I know about the brain. I know about the body. I'm your place. So if your friends yes. say something and you yes. don't know what that word means, you are totally welcome to talk to me about it. And that kind of calm, cool demeanor in this area will draw our kids <laughs> to us. Yes. Even yes. if they find themselves in trouble and addicted yeah. and um, yep. we can help get them the resources they need at that point. So yes, we yes, don't have exactly. to be scared. Yeah, we don't be prepared. Don't be scared. And <laughs> you got all the catchy things. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. 
on our website, Protect Young Minds, we have a quick start guide okay. that quickly brings you up to speed on the information you need to know as a parent. Uh, we also have other guides, many other guides uh, on our resources page, but another one is help and healing. If you found that your child has become involved in pornography, what do you do? How do you approach it? Um, really great advice on, you know, we call it the smart plan and, you know, stay calm, you know, helping your child and, and working through those first initial steps, um, really important. And then we also have another guide on, you know, if you want to bring this to your community, uh, we have an outline for a presentation. So we have so many resources on protectyoungminds.org that will help parents with uh, discussions and with this topic. So many topics that we talk about on our uh, blog and we treat lots of sensitive topics there. And so we hope to be of help to parents uh, every step of the way as they parent and raise children in a brand new digital age. So great. I'm so thankful to connect listeners with you. And hopefully, do you have a way to keep them up to date on filtering and all that latest news too? If they follow yes. along. Okay. Yes. That'd so every, if you subscribe, we send out basically one weekly email. We don't spam <laughs> you. Awesome. We send out a weekly email. Usually it's on a Monday or Tuesday and then twice a month. I'm No, I'm sorry. Once a month, we send out a parent alert and the parent alert has basically keeps you current on what's out there, what's happening, great new resources for parents new dangers that we've found, all that stuff is in our parent alert and that comes out every month. And really, if you read that, you're going to be very much on top of what's going on that could, you know, we're trying to curate it for you so you don't have to take so much time uh, to do it. The parent alert, and then we usually have another blog that's on, you know, a specific topic. And one of them that we talk about a lot is how, you know, pornography makes a child more vulnerable to sexual abuse. And how if you actually porn-proof your child by starting these conversations early, you are actually helping your child to uh, be more protected from child sexual abuse. So it's all good. It is all good uh, when you start these discussions. And it's not as hard as you think, especially if you use the books. It's very simple, very easy. And once you do it, you really will feel like a weight has been lifted from your shoulders that you've begun this journey with your child. And you've told them, hey, come and talk to me first. Don't go on Google to ask these questions. Come and talk to me. I will give you this, the truth mm -hmm. and I'll do it with your best interest in mind. And I've just found with my own boys, uh, my oldest one, about to be 14, great kid, but I see the influence um, our voices get smaller and peers get louder as they get older. And to wait um, until they're older would be a travesty because um, you miss out on those years when you're their trusted, the voice that they listen yes. to the most. And exactly that to build that relationship and, and to pour into it. Um, because then what I see with uh, friends whose kids are now getting phones is there's this pressure. Well, so-and-so has that app and you know it's not good for them, but you're in this tug and pull and then your relationship gets strained because they want to be part of the social 
group with the app and you know the app's not good for them. And if you haven't had these conversations, your child doesn't trust you. They think that you're not for their good and they think you're just trying to keep them from the fun stuff. And so moms of young kids, you're just in a good position to develop these relationships. If you hear nothing else, that would be my encouragement is to just start building that positive, loving, connected relationship with your kids today. Oh, Kristen, I'm so thankful to connect people with you and protectyoungminds.org. Thanks for coming on here today. I really appreciate it. Oh, Heather, it's been a total privilege and an honor. Thank you so much for uh, making time for for me to chat about these things with your wonderful listeners. So go moms. Yay. (laughs) They're doing a great job. Good work. Yeah. All right. Have a great day. Thanks y'all for trusting me with your time, particularly on a topic that I know we'd rather just pretend is not out there. And I want to pray over us that we would not be given a spirit of fear because that's not what God gave us. Uh, And I'm going to pray over us what he has given us from his word. Lord, I thank you that you are not a God of fear, that you are a God who gives us power, who gives us a sound mind, who gives us self-control and that we get to partner with you to connect with our kids and to have these conversations that impart your value, your design, your goal and how you made us that theology of your way of designing our bodies for your glory so that we can have children who grow into adults who understand the beauty of this relationship we get to have with a future spouse and that nothing can rob that or steal from it. I pray for whoever's listening where pornography has stolen from them, where it has caused division, is causing division, is causing heartache and distrust, that you would point them to resources for healing, that you would give them the grace to walk through day by day this journey of restoration. I pray that you would fill them with hope that change is possible and you are the one who does the change, that that they don't have to take on the burden for someone else's sin struggle, that they can hand that over to you walking alongside the person and giving them the support that they need. I thank you, God, that you hold our lives in your hand and that you are using all things for your good purpose. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you guys for joining me. Next week, we'll have a conversation with Sarah May. And then two weeks from that, I am really excited to share with you Lynn Jackson talking about sensory integration. Uh, She's an OT and she's going to give us great tips. So I'll meet you back here on Monday. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us, moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3:17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. 
He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.